0: Well, hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. If you deliver for Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, or any of those others, this podcast is for you. They said you have to be an independent contractor, which makes you a business owner. We are here to help you think like one and claim your rights and your opportunities. Well, hey, welcome back Courier Nation. It is good to get back kind of on schedule here. And this week I'm back to uh, being on my own here. I think I got a little bit spoiled last week having UDM as a guest because when you get a guest like that, that kind of has a way of carrying the show on his own shoulders for a bit, you get spoiled. But I'm glad to get back and looking forward to this week talking about DoorDash and asking the question, are they a good delivery option? Now I've done this series a little bit through the podcast. It hasn't been a regular one, but it has been about looking at the four major platforms, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and Postmates, and asking kind of the same questions of each of them. Are they a good platform? What What's their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And I know like two weeks ago, we talked about DoorDash and their new pay model. But this week, I want to get more into DoorDash in general. What are they like as a company? Now, in episode 33, I believe it was, we talked about Postmates, and we asked a series of questions about them. Then in episode 35, we asked the same questions with Grubhub. This week, we will talk about DoorDash. In a few weeks, I'm not sure how many, we'll get into the same questions with Uber Eats. Now, right now, I'm waiting a little bit on Uber Eats because they're in the middle of rolling out some changes. They're not doing them in my market yet. So I kind of want to get a feel for what those changes really mean before I really do much with them. And this the same reason that uh, I took my time with DoorDash because I wanted to give it some time to see what the new door, what the new pay model with DoorDash was. And so now that I've had a couple of weeks with that, I feel like okay, now's a good time that I can dig into DoorDash a little bit and ask some of these same questions. So the questions that uh, we've been asking on all five or all four platforms have been these. It is how well do they pay? How does their app work? What are their deliveries like? Do they respect the independent contractor relationship? And what is their support like? So let's dig into these questions here with DoorDash. So how is the pay for DoorDash? That's always a good question, isn't it? I mean, that's been kind of the uh, controversy with DoorDash now, especially the last few months, and uh, DoorDash is changing their pay model because of that controversy, now, episode 36, we talked about the new pay model. Uh, we talked about kind of what we knew at the time when they were just starting to test the model. And so you can go to episode 36 to get a lot more into, I guess, especially, you know, the old pay model and why they're changing. In a nutshell, what happened was DoorDash just had a lot of controversy because of the way they structured tipping and the way they structured their base pay around that. Now, DoorDash's pay model is very simple. It was $1 plus your tip. That's pretty simple. And, and they make it very clear that's the pay model. The problem is that if nobody tips, then $1 isn't enough for a delivery. So they came up with this thing they called guaranteed pay. And what they did was they tried to calculate that, you know what, to be fair, there should be a minimum amount that you ought to make on a delivery no matter what the tip is. And honestly, I don't have a beef with that. The problem was, though, maybe more perception than anything else because what happened was like the minimum ended up being you ought to be able to make at least $5 on any delivery or $5.50 or whatever. So what happens then is, is if customer didn't tip, you received $5.50 as a driver. If the customer tipped $4.50, you received $5.50. It was the same either way. You didn't make more money because of the tip, and that led to accusations that they were stealing tips. Well, they weren't stealing tips, and honestly, I think the controversy should have been it was absurd, it was obscene that the base pay was only a dollar. But anyway, there was enough controversy that they decided, you know what, I think we need to change the pay model. Well, now the pay model has changed, so let's talk about what, uh, what the pay looks like with DoorDash. And we'll start with the base pay here. Now, under the new pay model, the base pay is supposed to be between $2 and $10 based on duration, distance, and desirability. Now, here's the deal. DoorDash doesn't make any of that information public. There's no formula. There's no transparency. Folks, there just is no pay model. This is not a pay model, guys. I mean, honestly, you could have a room full of monkeys throwing darts at the wall for all we know. When there's no transparency, when there's no formula, when there's no way of knowing how they figure the pay, there is no pay model. It is just DoorDash saying, we're going to pay you something. Now, I wrote an article on the Entre courier blog that uh, speculated that the new pay model was really going to be pretty much about the same as the old model. You can look for it. Just search for meet the new pay model, same as the old pay model. Basically, the idea was that it's, it was because of the desirability That they used in the definition of how they would calculate the base pay. Desirability essentially means that if drivers are not interested in a delivery, then DoorDash will bump up the pay to make it more desirable. Now, DoorDash, they don't provide any information either on how they calculate this desirability thing. Now, my observation is after two and a half weeks that it looks like DoorDash is paying more in the base pay when the customer doesn't tip. So they're still doing some of the same. Not not to the extent that they were under the old pay model. So I don't know. I would say I was maybe semi-right in what I wrote. But here's the thing though, that when you're looking at the base pay, and and the bottom line is that DoorDash base pay is still low. Okay. Now my um now I will say that in the two and a half weeks that I've been under the new model. My base pay is averaged $2.73 per delivery. That's really not very good, folks. But here's the thing, too, is that it is still an improvement. It is up about $0.50 over the old model. Uh, Under the old model, I was averaging $2.21 by the time you added the $1 base pay plus the uh, supplement that they were adding when the tips were low. So it is a little bit of an improvement over the base pay, but it is still a lower base pay than any of the other platforms are. So that is the base. What about tipping? Like I said, you know, tipping was at the heart of the uh, whole controversy over the old uh, pay model. We've kind of gotten into that already. The one thing that I'm going to say is I think DoorDash does a good job of encouraging tips. And especially, you know, now that they've revamped their pay structure, With the new pay structure, they also let you know the total amount that the order is going to pay. So you know ahead of time, you pretty much know if the tip is going to be good or if there was no tip. Now, here's one thing that you want to think about when you're thinking about tipping, and that is when are people used to tipping? Now, most people, they kind of say, well, people are used to tipping after they eat. But I don't think it's as much about the after they eat part. It's more that they tip when they're making the payment, which is usually after they eat. And uh, so I think the fact that DoorDash does their tipping when people place the order is a good thing. I think that that is a positive for them. Now, they are going to be rolling out an option where people can tip after the fact as well. And I think that that's going to, I, all I can think of of that being is is like an improvement. But ultimately, this point of how they do the tipping, I think at least puts them at least on par with Grubhub, and definitely ahead of Postmates and Uber Eats. And I just I think they do a good job encouraging people to tip. I just ordered some food this week, and uh, it was like sixteen dollars of food, and the default tip amount that popped up was four dollars. It was more than twenty percent. In fact, four dollars and sixteen—that's twenty-five percent. And so I think that DoorDash does a better job of tipping. I find that the tips are still a little bit behind Grubhub, but not far behind, but definitely above the other two. So what about the incentives? You know, the main incentive that DoorDash uses, and and it's all about trying to get people out to do deliveries, and uh, that's their peak pay. Now, when demand is higher than normal, DoorDash will offer a per delivery bonus. And I've seen this, you know, sometimes it's scheduled, sometimes it's on the fly, depending on the demand. In the past, peak pay was usually limited. And what I mean is you'd have to accept a certain percentage of orders and, uh, or you got to accept a certain number of orders within a time period to receive that bonus. But more recently, I've seen those restrictions being removed. Now, peak pay has a way of making DoorDash extremely competitive And uh, during those times when things are really busy, that that there are times when the peak pay is going on that uh, they definitely, I think, can be more lucrative than anybody else. It does seem under the new model, my experience is, I don't know if it's real or if it's just observation or what. I don't have statistics. It seems like it's been a little bit lower as far as the peak pay since the new model has rolled out. But I think that this is maybe because now that they've got more flexibility to increase pay on the base on individual deliveries as an incentive, I'm expecting that they might not use that blanket peak pay as often or for as much. You know, unless they really need it that much more. Now, DoorDash did announce that uh, they are also going to be introducing some other incentives, things like challenges, which are like delivering so many deliveries in a time period, or consecutive order bonuses. Not sure what those will look like, but I, I can't help but think that they've got to sometimes offer some good opportunities. So overall, I think on incentives, DoorDash does pretty well. So I think to sum up the pay portion of this whole question is, you know, I think the base pay is still a problem with Grubhub. I'm sorry, with DoorDash. They are lower than anybody else. I think that they do about as good as Grubhub on the tip side of things. I think tips still tend to be a little bit lower, but uh, overall, they're good on the tips. On the incentives, I think they've got a little bit of an edge over everybody else. When it's all said and done, I think they still kind of tend to be maybe a little bit lower on an average delivery than Grubhub. Uh, Their tipping is definitely more consistent than Uber Eats and Postmates, and that's what can really set them apart there. I think that when you get into the busy periods, that DoorDash then can become really the most lucrative option out there. But overall, I'd say they're probably a very solid number two in my experience. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what I think about when I think about the DoorDash app. Only there is no bad. It is either good or it is ugly. <laughs> There's no in-between with them, it seems like. The good is in the information they provide. The ugly is in the functionality of the app. Now, DoorDash, I think, they were already superior to everybody else under the, the old pay model as far as the information they provided. I had one complaint with them in the past, and it had to do with this you know, guaranteed pay thing, because what would happen is that they would tell you how much the guaranteed pay was going to be, but you didn't know whether or not that tip could make it a lot more. And you still had a little bit of a guessing game. Well, under the new pay structure, they changed that. Now you know. Uh, you know exactly what the total is of your base, your tip, and your incentive pay. And and I think that's a good thing. I think that that is kind of like the final nail to say This is the best as far as anybody's got as far as information. You know, they were already up there with Grubhub as far as, you know, telling you the restaurant, where the restaurant is, giving you a map of where the customer is. But Grubhub, I'm sorry, DoorDash gives you information that nobody else does. Okay. So you've got, uh, well, first, let me say, I usually put up like a companion post on the blog. And it's usually kind of a transcript, not really, it's not anywhere close to word for word, but the same gist. And so I do invite you, I have a link in the show notes, but I do invite you to go take a look at that post because I do have a screenshot of the offer screen and uh, something called the widget screen. And, and this is the stuff that really sets DoorDash apart. So there's a couple of things that really make a difference with them. One is that they will display the number of miles you can expect to drive for the delivery. And those are the miles from where you are to the restaurant and then to the customer. Nobody else does that. They will tell you how many items are on the order. They also put on the offer screen a due time, a deliver by time. And That, I think, is huge. I think that's one of the underrated things because generally you can look at that and know, you know, have a pretty good idea of when you can expect to be done with the delivery. Now, obviously, you know, you run into a situation where the restaurant is running a lot later than expected. You can't avoid those things. But... Generally, I find them to be pretty good and pretty accurate with that. And it tells you that, okay, you might have a long wait at the restaurant, or it tells you, you know what, this order is just like almost due right now. So you've got a pretty good chance that that food's going to be ready as soon as you get there. That kind of thing. And that's huge. And again, nobody gives you that information on the order. And then you've got the floating widget. Now, if you have an iPhone, you may not have that. I'm not sure if they have implemented that. I'm not sure if the iPhone allows that functionality, to be honest. But uh, on, on the Android phone, you get this little widget, which is like a little floating DoorDash logo. You can tap on that and you can get more information. You can get the address of the customer, not just the general location, but the actual address of the customer. You can get the delivery instructions. You know, if somebody kind of is wacko with, uh, with all the instructions they give you, you can kind of look at that and say, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that one. You can tap on the delivery info and find out exactly what the food is that's going to be there. So you can tap on that little widget thing and find out all this information, and you can find that out before the order is accepted. And that stuff is huge. I mean, this is where DoorDash is way ahead of everybody else. So I'm not sure of anything else that I would add to that, to be honest. But then we also look at the functionality and this is where they are as bad as they are as good in the information side, you know? Folks, how how does a multi-million dollar company like this have such a horrible operating app? I I just don't get it. And it starts with the delivery notifications. And this is terrible. You know, on other platforms, you get a chime or it'll ring a bell one or two times. And DoorDash, it'll just kind of trigger your notification sound over and over and over until you respond. And when I'm streaming music or podcasts, it'll knock those things offline. And it just makes me nuts. The app, there's so many times it'll freeze up and uh, that notification mode, and then you got to force stop the app or reboot your phone to get that turned off. And it, I mean, folks, this is really bad. I am I am so unimpressed with the quality of of that app as far as how it operates. You know, and and I've had this issue on three different phones, so it's not just one particular phone. Now, there's a running joke in the DoorDash community, although I don't think it's necessarily a joke, it might just be reality, and that is that any time that DoorDash is going to introduce a feature, you can expect the system to crash. They've had so many nationwide outages, they've had so many times where they've had issues with the rating system, with the app locking drivers out, they've had times where the customer app is offline, and gosh, they got to be losing millions of dollars when these things are happening. And maybe instead of spending thirty million dollars on uh, putting up a ballot measure in California, maybe Tony Shu should be uh, putting that money into building a new app. You know, something that actually works. I th- their app is terrible. That is just as far as information, it's the best. As far as functionality, it is so far worse than anybody else. It's not even funny. So, what is it like doing deliveries with DoorDash? For the most part, I'm pretty satisfied with them. I One thing I do not like is order and pay. DoorDash relies on that a lot, where you go in, you place the order, you wait for it, and then you deliver it. Grubhub's starting to pick up on those. I don't like them, but I find that there's a very simple solution to that. Just say no. And I say no all the time. So it's not a real issue because I just don't take those orders. When it comes to order efficiency, DoorDash does one thing very differently than everybody else, and they use a regional dispatch system. In other words, they break the market down into smaller regions, and you log into the region, and it seems like it's almost more like a shotgun approach to dispatching you rather than a distance-based approach. So in other words, an offer comes up, you're the next one up in the region, so they send it to you. doesn't matter if you're in the same part of the region or not. That's my observation. I could be totally wrong. I don't know their algorithm, but that's kind of what it looks like. So to me, I don't see it as being really efficient in that regard. I think the regional system actually limits opportunities because there are some places that I'd like to uh, work that are real good for other platforms, but they're kind of like on the border uh, between regions on DoorDash. And so I could be hanging out on one side, and if there are offers from restaurants that are very, very close to me, but they're in the other region, I'm less likely to get those offers because I'm not in the region. And that, I think, is probably more inefficient. Uh, There's an inefficiency to when you take a delivery and it drops off outside of your region. Well, now you've got to either log out of that region that you were in and log into where you dropped off, or you've got to deadhead back to where you were. And either way, I think can be inefficient. So I think there are some inefficiencies really tied to that regional setup. The flip side of that is, oh, you know, one other thing I guess I would throw out there is that they still will offer you orders outside of your region. And sometimes they are ridiculous. I mean, sometimes I'm getting 40 mile delivery requests. And usually they're paying like $12. It's, it's like stupid. But again, just say no. The flip side of all of that is that even when they send you a lot of bad orders, DoorDash kind of makes up for it better than some of the others because their order system can be kind of rapid fire. You know what I mean? You turn down an offer and almost right away there's another offer. And I've had times where I'm just turning down offers over and over and over and it's just boom, 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 no, no, no. And all of a sudden another one pops up and it's like, oh yeah, that's the one. So I do think that, you know, that one advantage for DoorDash does have a way of offsetting some of the inefficiencies. One issue that used to be, I think, more of an issue in the past with DoorDash was wait time. Uh, It seemed like I used to do a lot more waiting at the restaurants. And a part of it, I think, was able to kind of fix a little bit by paying more attention to the deliver by time when I'm looking at an offer screen, because I've learned how to say, oh, yeah, if, if deliver time is still 50 minutes away, that means I'm going to be waiting at the restaurant a while. That's a hard pass. You know what I mean? And so that might be part of the thing. But it does seem like DoorDash has gotten a little bit better at making sure that we're getting there closer to the times that the food is ready. So I think that's an improvement. There's there's still times. But I you know what? Until you can somehow control the restaurants, and that's something you're never going to be able to do. But until you could do that, you're going to have that problem with anybody. And when it comes to multiple orders, I think this is a real strength for DoorDash. And what I mean is, like, let's say you get an order for a restaurant, and then they send you a second order to pick up at the same restaurant, Now, I've heard some people complain that the orders don't match up very well for them. My experience has been really good with DoorDash. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is something that would cause it to be different in other markets. I don't know. But what I do find is that when I get an order for a second pickup at the restaurant, usually the customer is very close to the first customer. You you know what I'm saying there? And so I find that to be pretty efficient. I find myself really kind of pretty impressed with how they do that. And the other side of that is that there's one thing that DoorDash does, I think, a lot better than anybody else. Uh, In fact, some people don't even try it. But that is, let's say if I've got an order at restaurant A and restaurant B is close by, they'll go ahead and send me that order for restaurant B because the customers for both of those are very close to each other. And, and I'm generally finding when they do that, that they line up very well. The customers are close to each other. And, and ultimately, the time that it takes me to deliver both orders is not a whole lot more than what it be would be to deliver just one. And when that's the case, usually I'm okay with taking that second delivery. So I find that when it comes to multiple deliveries, Yeah, I think DoorDash tends to be a little bit better. Now, one other thing about DoorDash is they tend to work really well as a multi-app partner. What I mean is that because of the kind of information that DoorDash provides, if I'm on a delivery for another platform, there, there's a lot of times I can find a DoorDash delivery that goes hand in hand with it because they tell me exactly where it's going. And, and I usually get a good idea of if the food's going to be ready. So usually I know that, yeah, I can take this and I won't make my original delivery late and I won't make my DoorDash delivery late. And, and uh, when that's the case, then I'm willing to go ahead and do like a cross-platform multi-app. And I think DoorDash is one of the best at that. So ultimately, generally, I think DoorDash is maybe a little bit better above average as far as efficiency, and especially with the multi-apps. Okay, moving on. Number four is, does DoorDash honor that independent contractor relationship? Overall, they're pretty good in this regard. I don't feel them putting on the kind of pressure on drivers to accept orders like I see with like Grubhub in particular, and in fact, They specifically state that you cannot be deactivated for low acceptance rate. I don't know that I see anybody else doing that. So that is a plus for them. Now, I understand there's probably a time, there was a time where they were worse than that. Um, I do know that there was like a $5 million misclassification lawsuit settlement back in 2017, and I think that that kind of caused them to shape up a little bit in this regard. Honestly, I guess it doesn't matter. It depends on what they're doing now. For me I just I don't feel as much pressure to behave or comply as as I do with Grubhub for example. Now I think with all of these companies here's the deal is your agreement is on a delivery by delivery basis and that means that your agreement takes effect the moment you accept a delivery offer and it ends when that is complete. So on the one side, they cannot expect or require you to do anything outside of those times because that's outside of your agreement. So that means they cannot require you to accept orders or anything like that. And I really do feel like DoorDash respects that. I think there's another half to that agreement, though, that we probably got to respect a little bit on our side. And that is that As a part of that thing, you're making a commitment the moment you accept a delivery offer. And I think because of that, I don't have a whole lot of issue with things like where DoorDash can deactivate you for not having a high enough completion rate or customer service rate, because I think you ought to have those things anyway as part of your commitment. And the bottom line is too that. DoorDash gives you a lot of wiggle room in those areas. So even when a customer gives you a bad rating for something that's not your fault, you got to have a lot of customers do that before it really impacts you. Now, if there is a gray area in the independent contractor side of things, I think it's that DoorDash can sometimes feel like they're micromanaging the delivery process. They use these notifications to keep tabs on you sometimes, where it's kind of things like you don't seem to be heading towards the customer, or make sure that you've got all the condiments, or, you know, what is your status? Are you waiting at the restaurant? Are you having trouble finding the customer? All these things get irritating after a while. To be honest, I think you could make a case both ways. I, you know, the thing is, is the company's not allowed to control how you do things, I don't know that they're necessarily uh, prohibited from nagging. And I think that's kind of what DoorDash does. But my sense is, and I could be completely wrong, and I may be giving them way too much benefit of the doubt. My sense is, though, that it is really more about them just trying to make sure that there is a good customer experience than it is about trying to control us as drivers. Because I don't see them trying to cause repercussions if you don't follow those things. So our final question is, what is their driver support like? Well, folks, I'm just going to say it's not good. Okay, it's not horrible, but it's a lot closer to horrible than it is to great. Honestly, great support is just non-existent in this industry. You just got to accept that. And I think it goes with the territory when you've got, you know, computer algorithms and you're trying to keep your labor costs as low as they've got to keep them to be able to do this. And I just don't think... Great support is a possibility. But, you know, one thing is that DoorDash does have a local office in a lot of markets, maybe all markets, I'm not sure. But I'm not sure that accessibility of those offices is real good. And in most cases, it's just as well that they don't have an office. DoorDash does not have a dedicated driver support team. They use the same overseas call center that supports both the drivers and the customers. And the problem with that overseas call center is there's a lot of times you got a language barrier, you have trouble communicating well. I think a lot of times the people over there have no idea what it is you're actually trying to accomplish on our end. And I get the sense that they're not trained very well, you know? They're generally, I think, probably you sit down with a script, you go through the script a couple times, tell them how to find uh, the different areas in the script, and then here's the phone, have at it. And if you get into a situation that is outside of their script at that point, then they have to wing it. I just honestly don't feel like they're trained well. They're not DoorDash employees, they're employees of the call center. So they don't even have the authority to really do very much. And so ultimately, that side of things the support is probably next to horrible. I think one thing that is kind of a good thing, it, it is something that is, I think, an improvement for them lately, is that you've got an option where you can use chat or a phone call to get into support. And I think it's good having that flexibility. If I'm waiting at a restaurant, I'd rather do chat. If I'm driving, I'd rather do a phone call and for a while i think it was harder to find those options and so that's something that they have improved so i will give that to them for the most part the support is pretty terrible but maybe not as bad as some of the others we'll just put it that way overall what do i think overall guys this is my opinion uh yours is going to vary this is kind of based on how i do things how i see things my experiences and you're going to see things differently and that's okay. I think that for me DoorDash is a real good option. They are a very solid number two. Now lately I think because I have more information with this new pay structure there are times they might move a little closer to number one than I ever thought that they would. I think in the past when you had a guarantee pay that was usually between five and seven dollars A lot of times that just wasn't enough, and if you didn't know for sure there was going to be more, you may be less likely to take a chance on it. But now when you know what an order is going to pay, I think that makes them a stronger option. Because they are gaining in market share, uh, I think that there are maybe more opportunities for deliveries with them. Ultimately, I find that their pay is a little bit lower on average per delivery, but Their incentives are often a little bit better. The information they provide is a lot better. I think that uh, distance on delivery is probably a little shorter than I usually get with DoorDash, and so sometimes they can be more profitable. The bottom line, folks, is it really depends on what works for you on your market, I would say if you've got DoorDash available, you definitely want to give them a shot if you haven't done so already. Uh, I think that there can be some good opportunities with them. The main thing is with any of them, you just got to be the boss. You make your decisions. You run it like a business. But I think DoorDash can be a very solid option for you. Well, folks, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, listen, to visit, and especially if you've listened long enough to be hearing this, thank you even more. You know, the one thing that I want to say to kind of wrap this up, there's a temptation when you're thinking about all the things that are good or bad about these delivery apps, because you you start to wonder, can there be anything good about them? Because they're taking advantage of people in so many ways. And I know right now there's a lot of people really upset at DoorDash right now over the new pay model. So sometimes you wonder, and I got to admit, sometimes I'm wondering You know, am I enabling that kind of behavior if I tell people that, yeah, this might be a good option to look at? Here's the thing, folks. If you hear me enough, you get a taste of how I feel about this whole thing. You know that I don't like how they take advantage of people. But folks, that's, that's the kind of issue that really inspired me to start this website and this podcast because, yeah, They are taking advantage, but what I wanted to do was give you the tools and the information to help you take control in that situation. You know, they created a fake business environment, really, in doing this whole hiring you as an independent contractor, but I think the best way for you to turn that into your favor is to create a real business environment for you to start thinking like a business owner and taking control like a business owner, and that's what I'm here to help you do. So I want to ask this favor that if you feel like I'm helping you do that, I do want to ask you to spread the word. Let other people know about this site and about this podcast so that we can help them as well. And you can share us on social media. You can leave a review on the podcast. Any of those kinds of things that can help us get found because the more we can get found, the more that we can help people to take control in spite of what these companies are doing. And that, my friends, is the last thing I'm asking today, that you do exactly that. Take control you can control your own course here. So please do that. Take control of your life and your business. Go out there and be the boss.